بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائب از دا فورتھ آف مے ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ of the illustrious companion, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu And I've started the Sud section in which we're now taking a glimpse into our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam's deep love for him and his eminent rank. So indeed, our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam was instructed by no other than Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself to bring Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud together with another five illustrious personalities close to his exalted self. <coughs> During the remaining few years in Makkah, before his own famous migration, and indeed also after the famous migration to Al-Madinah, our beloved Messenger was thus naturally eager to win over to Islam some members of the Makkah leadership. This he thought would probably break the opposition and would naturally influence others. One day some of these nobilities came to speak to our beloved messenger. So it's important to highlight before moving on that it wasn't just in Makkah that he was trying to reason and convince the noble nobilities of the Quraysh. This is also in Al-Madinah. So this narration is recorded in Sahih Muslim, number 6241 in the chapter on the virtues of the companions. Nasai in his Sunan Al-Kubra, volume 7, page 344. Behaki in his Delay in Nubu'a, volume 1, page 353. Ibn Hiban in his Sahih, volume 14, page 535. Riyadh al-Salihin, number 260. Hakim is Mustadrak 3-319, Abu Nu'im al-Hilya and Hayat al-Sahaba volume 3-608 of the New English Translation relate similar. Sayyidina Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, one of the ten of his paradise, who had by now been disowned by his family and was thus later initially amongst the blessed Ashab al-Suffa in Al-Madinah, he relates. So this is important. Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas was from the Banu Zuhra, a very powerful tribe of the Quraysh. So here, his family had disowned him. He's migrated to Al-Madinah. He's living with the Ashab al-Suf. He's narrated. قُنَّا مَعَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ سَلَمُ سِتَّةَ نَفَرُ We six persons were in the august company of the Holy Prophet صلى The polytheists suddenly arrived. And they said to the Prophet Sallallahu Drive these ones away lest they should begin to venture against us. There was myself, Ibn Mas'ud, a man of Hosea, Bilal, and men whom I cannot recollect. They then fell to the mind of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wished to fall and he thought within himself upon which Allah the Almighty and Glorious revealed Surah Al-An'am Surah 6 verse 
ولا تطرد الذين يرعون ربهم بالغداه والعشي يريدون وجهه do not drive away those who call upon their lord subhanahu wa ta'ala morning and evening wishing only to get his pleasure so let's look at this so there were six companions sa'ad said i was one of them and we were with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the the chieftains came and they didn't like these six around the prophet because they thought for them to sit with this is below our dignity so they said atrud haula'i la yashtari'una alina drive these ones away because we do not wish them to venture against us then sa'ad he could only remember four because i was one of them then he mentioned ibn mas'ud a man of huzail and bilal he goes the other two i can't remember and then he goes the prophet was thinking within himself meaning they wouldn't mind if they moved i would try to probably convince these souls to the truth of islam so he was thinking as he was thinking allah taala revealed this verse and what did he say about the six do not drive away those who call upon their lord bil ghadati wal ashi morning and evening you redo na wajha only seeking his face so what did allah the almighty glorious say about the six and one of them was ibn mas'ud he goes they call upon me morning and evening and they are doing it sincerely so don't drive them away so now who were the other two men the other men whom sa'ad failed to recollect or identified in another authentic report so this is recorded in tabarari ibn abi hatim abu nu'aym al-hilya hayat as-sahaba volume 3 page 609 of the new english translation ahmed in his musnad number 3985 hasan lighayni relates a shorter but identical narration abdullah ibn mas'ud so look how interesting the six previously sa'ad narrates who was another one of the six ibn mas'ud so he's relating now abdullah ibn mas'ud radiyallahu said a group of quraish passed by rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam when khabab suhaib bilal and ammar were with him radiyallahu ta'ala they there upon said o muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam are you content with these slaves of ours should we become followers of these people are these the people whom allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed his favors drive them away perhaps we may follow you if you do so upon which allah the almighty and glorious revealed the following two verses surah al-an'am surah 6 verse 51 to 2 wa anzil bihi alladhina yakhafuna ay yuhshaduna ila rabbihim laysa lahum min dunihi waliyun wala shafi'un allahum yattaqun give this warning to those in whose hearts is the fear that they will be brought to judgment before their lord and except for him they will have no protector no intercessor that they may guard against evil wala tutridil ladina yad'una rabbahum bil ghadati wal ashi yuriduna wajha ma alayka min hisabihim min shay'in 
ഫോ and to thereby become one of the oppressors so abdullah ibn mas'ud he mentioned the other two the other two that sa'ad forgot were suhaib and ammar radiyallahu <laughs> so these were the six sa'ad ibn abi waqas khabab ibn al-arat bilal ibn al-rabah abdullah ibn mas'ud suhaib al-rumi and ammar ibn yasir radiyallahu ta'ala Now what's interesting two of the men who had come they had incidentally said khabab narrates and look how interesting another one of the six so what's happening you're getting the fuller picture from all of the accounts from the six gentlemen radiyallahu ta'ala anhum so khabab said that the two of the men said we want you to give us a special audience so that the arabs can appreciate our status for arab delegations come to you and we are ashamed that they should find us in the company of these slaves those whenever we come to you send them away and when we are done with you you can invite them back if you like astaghfirullah this is in ibn majah number 4127 sahih in the chapter on zuhd so look at the arrogance they were saying they don't even dare to sit with us if you want us to listen tell them to go and every time you come to visit they can't sit because then we'll listen to you adding further details so this is recorded in ibn abi hatim ibn jarir ibn katir stated this is a gharib hadith for the verses were revealed in makkah abu nu'aym al-hilya number 313 ayat as-sahaba volume 3 page 611 to 613 of the new english translation ibn majid number 4127 sahih the barani in his kabir 4.77 Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf Qanzul Umal volume 1 page 245 Al-Bidayah volume 6 page 56 related similar Abi Sa'id Al-Azdi he relates Rahmatullah Sayyidina Khabab Ibn Al-Arat one of the six radiyallahu he once spoke about the early days of Islam ay of Makkah in Al-Madinah and he said one time a group of high-born Makkan Arabs from amongst the unbelievers including al-aqra ibn habis al-tamimi and uyayna ibn al-husn al-fazari came to meet with rasulullah to inquire about his message to stop in the report so khabab is now adding clarification he is saying this was in makkah now what's interesting about that some reports mentioned this was in al-madinah so ibn kathir said these verses were revealed in makkah So it has to be a Makkan incident. Whatever the case, we'll come to that. <coughs> Who did he mention was amongst the chieftains? Al-Aqra ibn Habis al-Tamim. He was from Banu Tamim. Uyayna ibn al-Husn al-Fazari from another chief from another tribe. They came. They found him sitting with a group of poor and defenseless Muslims. Among some of the slaves they had earlier owned, including Ammar, Suhaib, Bilal and myself. رضي الله تعالى 
the makkans upon seeing us they showed disdain towards us they saw people they considered a lower class and in their mind they didn't consider the blessed companion suitable to sit in their presence so what's in their mind they think these are slaves he was looking after our goats he was looking after our camels what's this the makkans first scorned and rebuked us and pointed out that we should leave immediately eventually the believers gave way and we moved to a remote corner of the masjid simply in order to allow the desired private meeting to take place and to avoid greater repercussions so look how beautiful the six companions they looked at the bigger picture they thought the prophet wants to speak to them so we'll move so they went to the corner of the masjid in another report it mentions that these blessed souls thereupon began to engage in dhikr this is in abu nu'aym al-hiliya hayat as-sahaba volume 3 page 615 of the new english translation so don't get this impression they were you know eavesdropping <laughs> they went to the corner of masjid uh, of the masjid and they doing their dhikr one of the makkans then spoke arrogantly to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and said you see we would like to sit down and talk with you but as you know some delegations of reputable arab tribes and their leaders also come to meet you and we somehow feel shame if the poor companion should find us sitting together with these slaves therefore we would like to ask you to ask these slaves to leave when we come to see you so what was their logic they said look we are chieftains and nobles come to visit you and we don't want to be belittled with these slaves sitting with you so when we come tell them to leave the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said let it be so immediately when the makkans thought that their demand may be attainable they then asked a second request write a pact to that effect between us and you in other words we trust you but make you know put it in writing Here in his prophetic wisdom Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked Ali radhiyallahu to bring some paper to write whilst we were just sitting in the corner of the masjid Subhanallah the archangel Jibril descended alayhi salatu wasalam upon Rasulullah with the following verses Surah Al-An'am surah 6 verse 52 to 4 and the translation Do not drive away those who call upon their Lord morning and evening seeking only his face. You are not accountable at all for them, nor are they at all accountable for you. Therefore, there is no reason that allows you to drive them away and to thereby become one of the oppressors. وَكَذَلِكَ فَتَنَّا بَعْدَهُمْ بِبَعْدٍ لِيَقُولُوا in this way we use some people as a test for others so that they will say are these the ones whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed from amongst us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows well who the grateful ones are. Mm. 
وَإِذَا جَاءَكَ الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِآيَاتِنَا فَقُلْ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ كَتَبَ رَبُّكُمْ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ الرَّحْمَةِ أَنَّهُ مَنْ عَمِلَ مِنْكُمْ سُوءًا بِجَهَالَةٍ سُوءًا بِجَهَالَةٍ ثُمَّ تَابَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ وَأَصْلَحَ فَعَنَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ When those who believe in our signs come to you, then say to them, Salamun alaykum. Your Lord has made mercy compulsory upon himself. The fact is that whichever one of you sins out of ignorance and then repents and makes amends for his sin, he should know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most forgiving, the most merciful. So four verses were revealed. Fifth, sorry, three verses. Surah 6, verse 52, 53, 54. And, and putting it simply, Allah the Almighty and Glorious mentions why this incident is taking place. Allah says, I am testing people with people. And you will see that the ignorant ones will, will say, are these the ones whom God has blessed? Meaning, we are the noble ones. Allah then says, I know who are the grateful ones. You don't. And then Allah says, when the believers come to you, Give salam to them. And then mention my mercy I have made compulsory. Then he says, whoever sins out of ignorance, repents, will find me most merciful, most forgiving. The report continues. Upon receiving this revelation, Rasulullah immediately threw away the paper and he called for this. When we arrived and sat by his side, he welcomed us cheerfully with the blessed greeting. Salamun alaykum, salamun alaykum. I as instructed, I in verse 54. Thus we happily drew up closer and nestled by him, sitting so close that our knees touched his. Mm. Stop in the report. How quickly did Rasulullah act upon the verse? <laughs> Unlike us. Mm. Straight away. So it's like they didn't exist now. <laughs> One of the chiefs are still there. He got the paper, he just threw it. <laughs> and he goes, come. <laughs> and when they came, the Prophet said, Salamun alaykum, Salamun alaykum. And he goes, We sat so close, our knees touched his. He goes, Get closer. Mm. From that day on, Rasulullah regularly joined our company. And when he needed to attend to his other duties, he left us. Mm. So he goes, He would always look for this and he would sit with us. Mm. And when he needed to do something, he would ask permission and he would make it in a, and then he would leave. But later Allah the Almighty revealed further guidance to his message. In Surah Al-Qahf, Surah 18, verse 28. And keep your soul content with those who call upon their Lord morning and evening seeking only his face. Let not your eyes pass beyond them seeking the pomp and glitter of this worldly life. Nor obey any whose heart we have allowed to neglect the remembrance of us. One who follows his own desires whose condition has gone beyond all bounds. A fourth verse was revealed. 
Since that day, whenever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sat with us at the masjid, he now did not leave us. Why? Prior to this verse, he would sit, but when he needed to do something, he, he would leave. Now, Allah Ta'ala says, keep your soul content. So now he's not leaving. He's got things to do and he's still not leaving. Those, when we recognize the time he usually attended to his other duties, we had to ask him for leave. Otherwise, he would remain indefinitely patient until the last one of us had left. Subhanallah. I think about that. Even if somebody poses that question to you, were there any companions, radiallahu ta'ala, who Rasulullah would search for? Secondly, sit with them. Thirdly, not even leave their presence when he had his other duties to attend to. And they themselves would make excuses so that he could leave. Even making that, asking that question, you're going to scratch your head to think, did anybody have that rank? Yes, who was one of them? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. So think about that. This is the status of the companions. Allah himself was coming to their defense. The narration in Ibn Majah number 4127, Sahih explicitly mentions that Surah 6 verse 53, was revealed about Al-Aqra ibn Habis and Yaina ibn Hism. So now this is very important. If you look at the verse, Surah 6, verse 53, what does it say? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions that he uses some to test others. And they make that statement, are these the ones whom Allah has blessed? Who was two of them? Those two from Banu Tamim and Uyayna ibn Hisn al-Aqra ibn Habis. It is very important to note that both these venerable souls had later become staunch believers. Uyayna ibn Hisn and al-Aqra ibn Habis were both later martyred in the famous battle of Yarmouk. Al-Aqra's ten sons were also martyred in this battle. Refer to Hafiz ibn Hajar Askarani in Al-Isaba. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon them all and forgive us all for their honorable sake. I mean, so this is what's dangerous. If you don't know who these personalities are, you narrate this hadith and you narrate it correctly and you'll say, these men, and then they start using very derogatory statements. They'll start saying, these wretched men. Hang on, brother. <laughs> well, they are wretched. Allah has condemned them. Has he condemned them? Mm. The verse doesn't condemn. Allah is quoting them. Mm. In this manner, we use some people to test others so that they say, are these the ones whom Allah has blessed from amongst us? Allah knows well who the grateful ones are. Has he condemned them? No. Mm. You've inserted that. And the proof that they, they could not be condemned. Why? Allah knows past, present and future. These two chiefs later became Muslims. Somebody goes, okay, mashallah. Not only that, they fought in the Battle of Yadmuk, the famous battle which was a death knoll to the Romans. Not only that, one of them also, ten of his sons were martyred in that battle. Now what do you think of them? Somebody goes, he's always saying, there you go. And that's why you got to be very careful when narrating these reports. And what's interesting, Allah was basically guiding them. Mm. This is the whole point of the whole narration. These two men eventually got guidance. Mm. So now, in another report, Salman al-Farsi, 
he relates that our beloved messenger joyously said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, all praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who has commanded me before my death to restrain myself in the company of a certain group from my ummah. Indeed, with you people shall I now live, and amongst you I will now die. This is in Abu Na'im al-Hiliyah, Hayat al-Sahab, volume 3, page 615 of the New English Translation. So how pleased was the Prophet with these six? He, he was too pleased. And he said, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to live with you. And I'm going to die with you. It is also certainly worth recalling that verses 52 to 4 of Surah Al-An'am had already been revealed in Makkah due to a similar incident. So now why am I mentioning this? This incident which I mentioned, that took place in Al-Madinah. So all of what I've narrated to you now, that happened in Al-Madinah. So a person goes, those verses of Surah An'am on the Makkan verses. The whole Surah is Makkan, apart from a few verses some scholars say. So then he says, so how could those verses be revealed in Medina? The response is, they had already been revealed. Have you understood? In Makkah. So where's the proof? So this is recorded in Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jadid in their respective tafsirs. Ikrimah, rahmatullah alayhi, he said, Utba ibn Rabia, Shayba ibn Rabia, Mut'im ibn Uday, and Al-Harith ibn Nawfal came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in the company of the most honored of the unbelievers of the people of Bani Abu Manaf to Abu Talib. So stop in the report. This is now Makkah. These four were Quraysh chieftains. Utbah was the chief of Banu Umayyah. His uh, famous daughter was Hind. His famous grandson was Muawiyah. His other famous son was Abu Hudayfa. So one was Utbah ibn Rabia. The second was his brother, Shayba ibn Rabia. The third was Mut'im ibn Uday, another famous personality of the Quraysh, and Harith ibn Nawfal. They came to Rasulullah in the company and they went to Abu Talib. So this shows his Makkah. And they said, if your paternal nephew had only driven away those slaves away from him, this would then please our hearts greatly and we would draw him closer to ours then also most likely we would follow him. So look how strange. Who's ruling the roost in Makkah? The unbelievers. And they're talking to the Prophet as if they've already been defeated. Because if these slaves leave him, because we will not only listen to him, because we will probably end up following him. Tell your nephew that. Abu Talib then informed Rasulullah of this. Sallallahu alayhi wa Upon this, Umar ibn al-Khattab, he said, If you do, Ya Rasulullah, what they have asked, we will know what they truly intend. Meaning, you know, let them show their hand. Let's see whether they are sincere. <coughs> Tell the blessed companions to leave. Let them come. <laughs> when Umar said this, Allah the Almighty revealed, Surah 6, verse 52 to 3, which I won't repeat. <laughs> Do not drive away those up to Allah Ta'ala knows well who are the grateful ones. So these verses were revealed then. 
Omar radiyallahu now what happened? Look at the last verse. Omar then apologized. Why? Because he had told the Prophet, tell the companions to leave. And what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Don't tell them to leave. And he goes, Ya Rasulullah, pray to Allah Ta'ala that he forgives me. Upon this, Allah Ta'ala revealed verse 54, Surah 6, verse 54. <laughs> كَتَبَ رَبُّكُمْ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ الرَّحْمَةِ أَنَّهُ مَنْ عَمِلَ مِنْكُمْ سُوءًا بِجَهَالَةٍ ثُمَّ تَابَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ وَأَصْلَحَ فَأَنَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ When those who believe in our signs come to you, say to them, Salaamun Alaikum. Your Lord has made mercy, mercy compulsory upon himself. The fact is that whichever one of you sins out of ignorance, and then repents, <coughs> makes amends, he will find Allah Ta'ala most forgiving, the most merciful. Look how beautiful. Allah Ta'ala revealed this verse for Umar. Because you made a mistake. In fact, Allah Ta'ala calls it a sin. But you did it out of ignorance. If you repent, you will find me most forgiving, the most merciful. So now this was for Umar. So he immediately realized it was a mistake. Now, that was the reason for the revelation of those verses. Have you understood? The same verses were revealed again in al Madina. Why? Similar scenario. But this time, other chiefs had come to al Madina. Same scenario. Tell them to leave. Allah Ta'ala doesn't you know, need to reveal fresh verses. The same verses applied again. And this is why Ibn Katir, going back to what I said, what did he say about the report about al Madina? Ibn Kathir said, this is a gharib hadith, for the verses were revealed in Makkah. <laughs> so Ibn Kathir was saying, how could that incident be in Al-Madinah? But the response is, the verses had already been revealed. Have you understood? They were re re uh, revealed again, i.e. on the second occasion. And just to add this to finish, indeed this, i.e. these sacred verses were revealed in Makkah is more likely. Why? For in fact, the whole of Surah Al-An'am was revealed in Makkah. In Tabarani and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Abdullah ibn Abbas he said, All of Surah Al-An'am was revealed in Makkah at night, accompanied by 70,000 angels, alayhi salatu wasalam, raising their voices in tasbih. So Surah Al-An'am is a very special surah. This hadith says, Ibn Abbas said, it was revealed in Makkah. In one night, 70,000 angels came in a procession and they were saying, Subhanallah, as it was being revealed. In another report, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu and the earth was trembling with the angels. This is in Tabarani, it is Awsat, number 6,447. Behaki, it is Shu'ab iman number 2,433. So not only did they descend, it actually started causing a kind of a mini earthquake when this surah was revealed. Our beloved messenger himself said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this surah was seen off by as many angels as could block the horizon. This is in Hakim in his Mustadrak 2-314, Behaki Fatul Qadir Ad-Dur Al-Mantur Ibn Kathir's Tafsir. So the Prophet said the whole horizon was blocked by the angels, Alayhi Salatu Wasallam. This surah also is the surah of Shifa. In Behaki Khatib Ma'riful Quran, volume 3, page 534. Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu alayhi wa sallam, beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would become the healer of the sick person 
over whom this surah is recited. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would become the healer of the sick person over whom this surah is recited. So it's a surah of shifa. It's quite a long surah. So over a just so if you're going to visit the ailing and you're going to spend time, it's worth to recite this entire surah. And the verse says, uh, the hadith says, Allah Ta'ala will heal that person. So we've got complete yakin in this. Now what's interesting, why is it curing the ailing? Because the surah was revealed for the spiritual ailments. Those with pride and arrogance, those who refuse to believe. So Allah Ta'ala put physical shafa within the surah as well. It was for this and many other reasons that Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar radiallahu said, Surah Al-An'am is from Nawajibil of the Qur'an. Surah Al-An'am is from Nawajibil of the Qur'an. Nawajibil means amongst the superior surahs of the Qur'an. This is in Abu Ubaid in his Fada'il Qur'an, number 129. So can we say that? Can we say some surahs have an elevated status above others? Yes. The Prophet said the greatest surah of the Qur'an is Fatiha. So that shows that you can do that. But you can also say that about this surah. Surah Al-An'am is from the superior surahs of the Qur'an, said Umar. Why did he say that? Because one of the reasons is the shafa, the shafa in this surah. So to conclude, those it would be safe to say that the sacred verses were revealed twice. Firstly in Makkah, i.e. the whole surah was revealed, and later in Al-Madinah about these and possibly other venerable souls. So now let's link it to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, whose life we're going through. Wasn't it enough that Allah Ta'ala mentioned it once? It wasn't enough. Imagine. So Allah Ta'ala revealed it in Makkah. So straight away, Rasulullah was told about the status of these six in particular. He reveals it again. As if to say to the Prophet, don't forget. So how is that linked to us? If Rasulullah was told not to leave their presence, was told to be happy in their presence, was told to be in their presence and not even leave their presence, then how does it apply to us? We say, we, when we're going through their blessed lives in particular, we should have those qualities as well. We should never be satiated with their lives. Why? Who are we? If Rasulullah doesn't want to leave their presence, I'm going to live with you, I'm going to die with you, and you're saying, I want a CV on Ibn Masood. Say, Astaghfirullah, brother. Right? And he goes, what do you mean? What's wrong with that, brother? I just want a CV, I haven't got time. You haven't got time. Rasulullah had time. He didn't leave their presence. Then the guy starts scratching his head. He goes, don't you mean the other way around, brother? No. I mean, Rasulullah didn't leave their presence. You haven't got time for them. Straight away he realizes, and look how interesting that verse, Umar goes, Ya Rasulullah, please make dua for my forgiveness. So this is what we say to those brothers, ask forgiveness for the... Now think about that, this is just be'adab. What if you start finding fault with these six souls? <laughs> right? You think, oh my God, that's just the innocent slip of the tongue. He didn't know hadiths, he didn't know this, this sahaba, he didn't know about abrogation. Say, brother, look, stop. Allah Ta'ala is going to take you to task. Right? So note again, this is why these six in particular, Allah Ta'ala revealed the passages for them. But note again, the incredible status of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and the tragedy of tragedies. Do, we, do Muslims even know who these six are? Look how tragic that is. You say to a person, because Allah Ta'ala has revealed the passages in the Quran about six Sahaba. 
And you mentioned these six are so beloved to Rasulullah, he wouldn't leave their presence. Because who are the six brothers? And they're expecting you to say Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali. Because no. Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, Khabab ibn al-Arat, Bilal ibn al-Rabah, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Suhaib al-Rumi, and Ammar ibn Yas. Radiyallahu ta'ala. Subhanallah. Are there any questions you like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi subhanallahumma bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik wa as-salamu alayka wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh